saw the land level, flatten. Distance made the plains gray-blue, and the wind on the mountain's peak cut at his skin like claws. Lightning flashed on the horizon, as if in answer a hawk shrieked. It would take weeks alone and on foot. He had no food, and worse, no water. He'd slept the last five nights in caves and under bushes. His former brothers and friends— the men he'd known and loved his whole life, were combing the trails and villages intent on his death. Mountain lions and dire wolves hunted in the heights. He ran a hand through his thick, wiry hair, sighed, and began the downward climb. He would probably die before he reached the cachette in a city large enough to lose himself in. But only probably. In the last light of the falling sun, he found a stony overhang near a thin, muddy stream. He sacrificed a length of the strap from his right saddle to fashion a crude fire bow, and as the cruel chill came down from the sky, he squatted next to the high ring of stones that hid his small fire. The dry scrub burned hot and with little smoke, but quickly. He fell into a rhythm of feeding small twig after small twig into the flame, never letting it grow large enough to illuminate his shelter to those hunting, and never letting it die. The warmth didn't seem to reach past his elbows. Far off, something shrieked. He tried to ignore it. His body ached with exhaustion and spent effort, but his mind, freed now from the constant distraction of his journey, gained a dangerous speed. In the darkness, his memory sharpened. The sense of freedom and possibility gave way to loss loneliness, and dislocation. Those, he believed, were more likely to kill him than a hunting cat. He'd been born in hills much like these, past his youth playing games of sword and whip using branches and woven bark. Had he ever felt the ambition to join the ranks of the monks in their great hidden temple? He must have, though from the biting cold of his poor stone shelter it was hard to imagine it. He could remember looking up with awe at the high wall of stone. At the rock-carved sentries from all thirteen races of humanity, worn by wind and rain until all of them, Sine and Tralgu, Southling and First Blood, Timsine and Yemu and Drowned, wore the same blank faces and clubbed fists, indistinguishable. Only the wide wings and dagger teeth of the dragon arching above them all were still clear and worked into the huge iron gate, black letters spelled out words in a language no one in the village knew. When he became a novice, he learned what it said. Bound is not broken. He believed once that he knew what it meant. The breeze shifted, raising the embers like fireflies. A bit of ash stung his eye, and he rubbed at it with the back of his hand. His blood shifted currents in his body responding to something that wasn't him. A goddess, he'd thought. He'd gone to the great gate with the other boys of his village. He'd offered himself up, life and body. And in return... In return, the mysteries had been revealed. First, it had only been knowledge. Letters enough to read the holy books, numbers enough to keep the temple's records. He'd read the stories of the Dragon Empire and its fall of the spider goddess coming to bring justice to the world. Deception, they said, had no power over her. He'd tested it, of course. He believed them, and still he'd tested.
He would lie to the priest just to see whether it could be done. He'd chosen things that only he could know. His father's clan name, his sister's favorite meals, his own dreams. The priests had whipped him when he spoke false. They had spared him when he was truthful. And they were never, never wrong. His certainty had grown, his faith. When the high priest had chosen him to rise to novice, he'd been certain that great things awaited him, because the priests had told him that they did. After the nightmare of his initiation was over, he'd felt the power of the spider goddess in his own blood. The first time he'd felt someone lie, it had been like discovering a new sense. The first time he'd spoken with the voice of the goddess, he'd felt his words commanding belief as if they'd been made from fire. And now he'd fallen from grace, and none of it might be true. There might be no such place as the Cachette.